Amen. Thank you. All right, if you got your Bible, you can be turning to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. Two places tonight, but we'll get to the other one in a minute, and uh, it's not too far, so we can flip over there. But just leave your Bible open there to Luke chapter six. We won't take time to read uh, six through eighteen, but that's where we'll be preaching or introducing this sermon out of is Luke chapter six, verses six through eighteen. And uh, I'm glad to be here this evening. I'm a little, like Brother Farber said, tired a little bit. I feel like I still hear a diesel engine in my ears. Uh, seems like I've been in that uh, truck pulling those modulators more than I've been anywhere else. So it's a, a constant uh, roar. And uh, this last trip, I guess we got back uh, Tuesday around whatever time it was, uh, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, something like that Tuesday. Uh, but we've had events on each one of them. Uh, I've told you about a couple of uh, trash cans that are no more, uh, a couple of uh, Bob's barricades that are no more. Uh, things like that, but, uh, you know, praise the Lord, no, no serious damage uh, to the modulars anyway. This last trip, there was some serious damage that took place, but, you know, nothing that we did, amen? Uh, I will give you the story real quick. Uh, we did have uh, one axle hub seize up, and so the tire was just dragging down the road until it exploded, uh, so we had to cut that axle off and put a new piece on, and uh, that was Brother Fox's fault, I'm sure. But uh, uh, anyway, then we had one tire explode, and all the steel belts got wrapped around the hub. So we took a, a pair of channel, not a pair of tin snips, and a pair of uh, dikes, and we cut for I don't know hour or so to get all that off. Uh, and so just little things like that. But when the last, uh, I guess uh, Monday night, we were coming down uh, 441 above Waycross to get dark on us, and you're not supposed to pull those things after dark. So we were looking for a place frantically to park them. And so Brian went ahead uh, in my pickup to the Walmart and you know, was looking to see if there was room there. And, of course, no truck parking signs everywhere. He said, we can't park here. And so he said, I'll go across. Was it Belk? Yeah, Belk Outlet was across the street. He said, I'll go across the Belk and see if they got no parking signs. So he went over there, and there was no signs, and it was a big parking lot. Uh, so we were okay. So we go across the street. We're pulling in the Belk Outlet, and there's a lady coming out in a white Tahoe. And so obviously she sees us and knows that, you know, I can't go through there where they're coming in. And so that made her mad. So she backed up and got right in the way where we needed to turn to get in there and got on her phone. So she's just texting away or whatever she's doing on her phone and looks up and sees that we're still sitting there. You know, and we should have went down the little bitty skinny road here, you know, to get out of her way, you know, because she was in a Tahoe and we were only 75 feet long. You know, I don't see the big deal. Uh, but anyway, so he, she looked up. My dad said, you know, we need to get that way. So that made her mad. Slams it in reverse and punches it. I mean, smoke coming off the tires. She starts flying backwards and loses control. So it flings this way and she overcorrected and flung this way. And she did that about two or three times and then... Bam! She T-boned a Dodge pickup. I mean, just crushed both doors, but broke the glass, knocked the mirror off, and she gets out, you know, and it's our fault, right? She's taking pictures of the truck, you know, taking pictures of us and all this stuff, and, you know, so we go over there and park. So sure enough, cops show up, and he comes walking over there, and he goes, let me hear y'all side. And so <laughs> I tell him what I just told you, and he goes, that's what it looks like. I could see the burn marks, and I could see the sliding where she was going, and she just got mad and lost control. And so anyway, so 
So there was damage, but nothing that we caused, amen? And I guess we made her mad, I guess. I, I don't know if that goes up in the police report, but uh, he told us we were fine to go on and eat and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, we made it back. Uh, but uh, we'll leave again in the morning at 4.30 and uh, go get the last two that's, that was scheduled to be gotten. And uh, you heard, I guess, Sunday that he says there's six to eight more that we might can get. So we'll, we'll see what Pastor wants us to do. So uh, I was trying to get it all done before college started, Brother French, you know, so you wouldn't have to cover my classes. So, but they already have to do that at the academy, right, Brother Diamante, Brother Martinez? Sorry about that. So uh, anyway, we'll see. Whatever he says, amen. All right. So, but we're in Luke 6, and uh, we're going to basically talk about the great need meter tonight. The great need meter. Uh, for, the, for the sound guys to put down for the title, The Great Need Meter. Uh, obviously, God, that's what he wants to do is meet needs. Uh, we heard about them just singing, He's Our Refuge. Uh, several of the songs that we sang tonight talked about that, take it to the Lord. Uh, and he, he wants to do that. Uh, you know, when, there's a, when there is a, a catastrophe, uh, you find out that God is the only one that can sustain you through that. Uh, but he wants to be that to you every day. Uh, he didn't want to, you to wait till there is a catastrophe or something that you don't know how to handle for him to meet your needs. He wants to do it every day. Uh, you, know, there, you know, there's some people like that, you know, like, you know, grandkids think grandparents can do anything financially. Uh, like I had some nephews that, you know, talked about my in-laws there. You know, just write down on the Christmas wish list, man and Papa can get it. That's, that's all you got to do, just write it down. Uh, you know, they, they think that the, the you know, grandparents can do that. And now that I am a grandparent, I like doing that. Uh, when I was in Spain, every, they have these things, Colton calls them the ball machines. Uh, they're just basically like what you see in, uh, I don't guess you get to go into um, Zaxby's anymore right now. Uh, but they have the little candy machines you put a quarter in and it spits out the candy or the little fake tattoos that some of you ladies still wear. And... and uh, <laughs> The bouncy balls, things like that. They have them in Spain that are huge, and they, they have a ball in there, and you crack the ball open, and there's some you know cheap toy that breaks after you play with it once. Uh, but Colton wants one of those every time he walks by. So Papa, there you go, buddy. All right, and uh, I like that. Uh, but God likes it uh, when he when he can just say, you know, God can take care of anything. And if, if I even like maybe even want that, God will take care of it. That's what he wants to do for everyone. He is the great need meter. And so we see here in this story, we're going to see as far as the way of introduction, we're going to see three characters in this story. Uh, we'll see the Savior, we'll see the scorners, and then we'll see the sufferer uh, as far as introduction here. And so in Luke 6, verse 6, uh, we see uh, that it says, And it came to pass also on, a, on the Sabbath that he entered into the synagogue and taught and there was a man whose right hand was withered. And so we see he is talking about Jesus went to the synagogue. And this sufferer uh, that had a withered hand knew that Jesus would be at church. I'm going to church. But then it says in verse 7, And the scribes and Pharisees watched uh, whether he would heal on the Sabbath day, that they might find an accusing against him. So we see here already in the, in the story of the Savior, uh, when it was church time, he was in church. So great example there. If you want your needs met, there's church time, you ought to be there. Uh, and, and he'll even meet them outside of church, but he'll probably meet them quicker outside of church if you're in church every time you can be uh, because he knows he's wanting to take care of you. Uh, but then we see the, the sufferer. Uh, man, I, my, my hand, this one's not doing right. 
Uh, it's not looking like this other one. It's starting to, to bother me a little bit. I got to get to church. I got to get to Jesus where he can meet my need. Uh, but then you got those scorners sitting over there with their arms crossed. I wonder if he's going to do this on the Sabbath day. All right. And so you always have those. Uh, if you give God praise that God met you, met, met a need this way, you got people who are, hey, what, God? Just a coincidence. Uh, you know, Igmo's thinking about, you know, God did that. Uh, you're always going to have that. Uh, but don't let people like that rob you that you know God took care of it. And so if you say, give God the glory and give God the praise, God sustained me through that situation or God caused this to happen. My dad was giving me a, a, a praise just a few minutes ago. Uh, we, we were talking to him getting ready for tomorrow, and, uh, you know, he's 71 now, I think, and, uh, you know, not saying that older people forget, but, you know, so, but anyway, he said yesterday when he left, or Monday when he left to go meet us in uh, Lawrenceville, that he filled his truck up, and so he went to Lawrenceville, or I think he actually went and did a couple of other things, went to Lawrenceville, pulled all the way down here, and was driving home yesterday, and uh, he was about and a hundred miles from home, but and his truck started, <laughs> and he remembered, I hadn't put any more gas or fuel in it, and so he tells me that, you know, it just died, he's coasting, and, uh, you know, he's like, okay, Lord, I don't need anybody to be on this exit ramp that just so happened to be right there, and he rolled up the hill, went across the interstate, rolled down into the uh, truck stop over there, and asked God to help one of the stalls to be open, and he rolled right up there. And uh, he's like, praise God. But some people's like, ah, that's not God. <laughs> I've had God, you know, give me more gas than I really had. You know what I'm saying? Uh, two times. I was like, God, I'm, I'm cutting the church parking lot. Or the church parking lot. <laughs> I'm, church, I'm cutting the church grass, and I don't have enough gas. And it made it a long time further than it should have. And I remember one other time I was cutting the church grass. God, uh, you know, I don't, I don't have any money to get any more gas, and I see something floating across the grass, and it was a $20 bill, so I went and got some. Don't tell me God didn't meet that need. He can do it, and so we see here the, the saviors at church wanting to meet needs, and there's some people that suffer that need their needs met, but you're always going to have those watchers. <laughs> Not God. Uh, so we're going to look at that. So let's have a word of prayer, and we'll get started. Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for being the great need meter. And Lord, I ask you to help us to realize, Lord, obviously we need you in some of those catastrophes or some of those heartache times, uh, but you want to meet our needs daily. And Lord, help us to have a relationship with you that we can have that all the time. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, i got a couple of statements I'll read, and then we'll get to it. It says here, just because a person's in church does not mean he's in Christ. Uh, we had people here Sunday, I would hope everybody on a Wednesday night saved, uh, but we had people here Sunday that were in church, but they were not saved. They were not in Christ. So we see here these guys were in the synagogue, but they weren't in. Uh, secondly, just because a person belongs to a church does not mean they belong to the kingdom of God. A lot of people get in church, join a church, but they're not actually saved. So just because a person can sing a hymn does not mean he's got a song in his heart. Uh, obviously, I lead to singing, so I'm looking out here. Uh, there's some of you, I like watching you sing. You, know, you sing from your toes. I like that. All right, there's some of you, you know, you, you got to look real close to see if your lips are even moving. Now, I'm not going to judge and say the one that's like, you know, mouth wide open, you can see their tonsils, is more right with God than the whisperer. All right, I'm not going to say that, but, uh, you, know, you know, I can't help it. 
Uh, if I'm singing, I'm excited about it. Uh, but there's some people you can tell, they, they're, you know, this is not their cup of tea. You know, they were looking for the strobe lights and the fog machines and, the, you know, the ripped jean uh, song leader, you know. Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> I let them down. You, you could tell when they come here, like, oh, goodness, boring. Uh, so, but anyway, just because a person can sing doesn't mean they got a song in their heart. And it's been said that many uh, church people are like those that were uh, sick laying outside of the pool of Bethesda. They were waiting for the waters to be troubled, so they were at the pool, but they were not in the pool. So if we want our needs to be met. We've got to do something. We've got to be at church. Uh, we've got to ask God to do that. So uh, we can be in service at the service, but not in the service. So our passage shows us the scorners were mad uh, because at service time, Jesus uh, was healing people, and they even wanted to murder him. What can we do? And so what uh, would they thought if something wonderful as, as this happened, they would have praised God instead of plotted a plan what they might do to Jesus. So we see uh, in uh, Luke chapter 6, these three people. So the Savior, first of all, uh, we need, in verse 6, we need his presence. If you want your need met, by the way of introduction, you need his presence. Uh, you you got to have it. Uh, and so that's what this man realized. The crippled man knew that he had to find Jesus. Uh, and, and the statement here uh, might suggest that sometimes faith is more, uh, more caught than taught. Uh, you can teach on faith all day long. But when you're in the atmosphere, you can catch it. Uh, so, uh, you know, he didn't need to get to church. That's the way we are sometimes. We'll get here on a Wednesday night, and we've had a rough week. Uh, we've had situations come up in our life. And if I could just get to church and, and get to singing and, and, and get to thinking about Jesus and, and get to praying, uh, I can catch the Spirit. And so that's what he wanted. Uh, so he needed his presence. And we can find Jesus' presence at church. Uh, not only there, we can find it in our prayer closet. We can find it in our daily Bible reading. We can find it even in fellowship with others. The Bible says if three or, three or more or two or three are gathered, he's in their midst. So we can find God's presence. And so if we need a need met, we need God's presence. Number two, underneath the Savior, if we need uh, uh, God's presence, also we need his perception. Look at verse 8. We need his perception. Verse 8, well, obviously we've already read 6 and 7 about him being there, the withered hand man being there, and these Pharisees being there. But in verse um, 8 it says here, but he knew their thoughts and said to the man, which had the withered hand, rise up, stand forth in the midst. And he rose up, stood forth. So we see here he had perception. Uh, so, again, the people that say, well, God never meets any of my needs. They all, you know, how do you get your needs met? Uh, and it's, it's called perception. Okay? Uh, you know, just by your tone, just by what you're saying, God never meets any of my needs. He perceives that. Uh, the person that says God's great. God is good all the time. God meets my needs. God takes care of me. He perceives that that person's heart of faith, uh, and he just keeps on. But if he perceives that person that's like, you know, he's going to heal somebody on the Sabbath day. What in the world? Uh, he has perception. So we need his perception. He knew their hearts and thoughts of the scorner. He knew the heart and thought of the sufferer. And he knows our heart and our thoughts today. So he has perception. Not only his presence and his perception, but thirdly, uh, we need his prescription. Look at verse 10. Uh, it says here in verse 10, And looking around uh, about them all, he said unto the man, Stretch forth thy hand. And here's the, here's the, here's the uh, prescription. And he did so. <laughs> and he did so. Uh, a lot of times, you know, we hear the Bible preached, but then we, do, we don't do what we heard preached. And we expect the same outcome. 
You know, pastor will get up and teach us something and say, all right, the Bible says this. If you'll live this certain way, God will do this. But that middle is he did so. Uh, and if we don't do so, just like being saved, all you got to do is accept Christ as your Savior and his, his, uh, uh, his blood shed on the cross, pavement it for your sin. They hear it a lot of times, but they don't do so. We hear it today. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not going to do that right now. Uh, we had two teenage girls today got, what, five doors slammed in their face? I don't know if that's a record. I'll ask them if they wore deodorant and brushed their teeth this morning. But we had, we had a partner of two girls up here, five doors slammed in their face today. Uh, you know, some people, they don't want to do what Jesus says. But it says here, here's the prescription. He did so. He stretched forth his hand. Uh, the Bible says it. We ought to do it. Uh, if the preacher says it, we ought to do it. If a spiritual advisor says it, we ought to do it. Uh, the Savior will meet your needs. Secondly, let's look at the scorner. The scorner. Uh, in verse 7, it says here, they were watching. Uh, again, you know, you can pick them out, you know, sour puss face, arms crossed, <clears throat> grunting every once in a while. You, you, can, you can find them in the church. They stick out like a sore thumb because most people are happy at church. Most people are singing at church. Uh, most people are saying amen or, and responding with a head nod or something uh, at church. Uh, but the ones that are not, they are the ones that stick out like a sore thumb. So obviously Jesus was, he's God, so he even knew their thoughts. Uh, but we got eyeballs. We can see the scorners. Uh, somebody gets saved out. Ah, they didn't really mean it. Somebody get, you know, joins the church. Well, we'll see how long they last. And somebody joins the choir. Oh, no, somebody else will take my solo. Uh, you know, they just grap, 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 grap all the time. And they stick out like a sore thumb. So we see here they were watching. Uh, you know, not, uh, they, weren't follow, they weren't watching to follow example. There's a difference. All right? uh, they weren't watching to see an opportunity to help. They were watching for an opportunity to grab and criticize. That's the difference. Uh, the Bible does tell us to watch and pray. Uh, watch the example of your pastor and his family. All right? You watch the example of your Sunday school teacher, maybe somebody that's a spiritual advisor. You watch them, but not just like, you know, make sure they make a mistake. Look, no, we're not supposed to watch that way. Uh, they were watching to see what he was doing. And then we see here in, in uh, verse uh, 7 again, the second part, they were not only watching, but they were waiting uh, that they might find an accusation against him, an accusation against him. So they were waiting for their opportunity to, to put in their two cents worth or to, that chance to criticize. I knew it. All right. Again, uh, we'll see. Uh, let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do with that. Uh, then not only were they watching and waiting, but they were wanting. Verse 11, look what verse 11 says. And they were filled with madness. <laughs> And commune one with another, what they might do to Jesus. All right, I mean they they wanted to do something. They wanted to be mad. They want you know again. You can't help a scorner. What's the Bible said to do with them? Cast them out. Right? Uh, Proverbs says that you ought to call them on the carpet, and then it says not to call them on the carpet. Uh, they need calling on the carpet, but some of them won't listen. Uh, things like that. So we see uh, that the the scorners were watching and waiting and wanting to do uh, something critical. Number three, the sufferer. The sufferer. Verse 6, uh, we see, the, first of all, we see the man's frustration in verse 6. Uh, obviously, when you're frustrated with something, you need something to fix it. Uh, again, you know, I, I'm a, I wouldn't say uh, I'm not a very patient person at all. Uh, I'm, I'm actually probably uh, not patient, impatient. I want it done, and I want it done like yesterday. Uh, so God has to teach me on that. Uh, and it frustrates me sometimes. Uh, and then again, I, I want to be perfect. The Bible says to be perfect, for I am perfect. I try. 
but I get frustrated with this old flesh because I can't be, <laughs> and I need him to help me. So this man was frustrated, but then also in verse 8, we see his faith. Uh, he knew, uh, that, that he, he rose up, and he stood forth, and he stretched forth his arm. He had faith there. In verse 10, we see this man's fulfillment. He did what he was told. He did it, and God healed him, met his need. So there's always going to be hypocrites and those that want to criticize in church services. But remember that the Lord never let the critics dictate or detour uh, his ministry. Uh, if you have a need and you are in the right place and you know the right person, it will be taken care of. So we see here in the introduction these three people. The Savior is going to meet the need. Uh, the sufferer is going to have his need met, and you're going to have the scorners that's going to gripe about it. You're going to have that from now on. Uh, so let's go to Second Timothy, Second Timothy four, and we'll get uh, we'll see the Bible study tonight. Uh, the, Jesus has the ability to meet whatever kind of need that you have. Uh, you go to sometimes specialist. Uh, you know, if you have a a, a toothache, right, Brother Fox? Uh, if, you, if you have a toothache, you want to go to somebody that that can fix that. I mean, I told him I have a pair of pliers, a crowbar, uh, you know, some, some, you know, I even got some, you know, alcoholic wipes. I'll clean them off first. <laughs> he didn't want me to do it. He went to the dentist yesterday, spent a lot of money, didn't he? <laughs> I'd have done it for free. I'm his friend. I'm, you know. But he didn't want me to take care of that need. Uh, so obviously we see there are specialists, uh, you know, again, take your car to a mechanic. <laughs> Uh, you know, take, you know, you want to go somebody that knows what they're doing. Uh, but the thing about Jesus, he specializes in everything. Okay. Uh, I mean, he can take care of anything. There's nothing that he can't do. And so uh, we're going to look at that in here, right here at 2 Timothy 4. And again, we won't take time to read all the verses, but 1 through 18 is where we're going to look at it. Uh, and so first of all, let's look at verse 9. Jesus can take care of any, um, uh, any need that you have. First of all, we're going to look at he can take care of your emotional need. Look at verse 9. Uh, now, ladies probably need to look at this more than men. Uh, we're not very emotional. You know, <clears throat> that's about all you can get out of us, right? Uh, we're not very emotional creatures, but ladies are. So uh, he can take care of that emotional need. Before the fangs come out, before the claws grow six inches, you know, let God take care of your emotional need. Uh, and so anyway, let's look at verse 9. Verse 9, uh, it says here, Second <clears throat> Timothy uh, 4, 1 through uh, 18, and we're in verse 9. I'm looking for it here. Sorry about that. There it is. Uh, Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. And that's not the right one. Uh, let's look at 1 Timothy 4 and see if that's the right one. 1 Timothy 4. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I studied at home and, and was going to use this Bible here at church. Uh, 2 Timothy 4, am I in the right? Anyway, uh, I'll just preach on what's, my, on, my, what's on my notes here. Anyway, Paul needed a companionship, and uh, in, in verse 9, maybe I'm in the wrong chapter. It, I'm sorry. Okay, we'll just keep on going then. Uh, Paul needed some companionship, and uh, of course, uh, 
We, we need companionship, and God uses companionship to help us meet needs emotionally. And uh, Brother Farber alluded to this a while ago about a man uh, and, a, and a wife. Obviously, God can help use uh, godly spouses uh, to meet an emotional need. Uh, my wife has talked me off the edge. I've talked her off the edge. I don't know if that's ever happened to y'all. Uh, you know, they, my wife's calmed me down. I'm sure I've calmed her down. Uh, so God will use uh, people like this. And, and if I could find the right chapter, there was some examples of this uh, in the Bible uh, where, where they used uh, companionship to help. And so Paul uh, obviously was writing Timothy and it was telling him, you need to come quickly. Uh, and if anybody, anybody finds it, you can just holler out. Uh, but he was telling him to come, come to Creek. Come. I need you to come. So he needed uh, that companionship. Uh, he was upset. He'd been in and out of prison, things like that. And he needed a, a, a friend. Uh, and he was telling him to come meet him. And so praise the Lord, uh, God can meet those uh, uh, emotional needs. And so we ought to praise God for spiritual spouses. Uh, we ought to praise God for spiritual leaders. I know we uh, have a pastor and you ought to go uh, counsel with him on major things like that and even unmajor things. He's, his door's always open and, uh, and he can help you with that emotional situation. Uh, he obviously he has a pastor's heart. Uh, he has, uh, you know, again, I, I knew him when he was younger. Uh, he, he did have a short fuse when he was younger. Uh, he was very competitive when he was younger. Uh, now he's calm, cool, and collected pretty much. Somebody will come to him and you know, their hair's on fire. Uh, they have to know something right then and he can just say something. The hair goes out and it calms right down. All right, God give him that ability. Uh, and so uh, he can help you with those emotional things. And so God will meet these emotional needs that way. Uh, obviously, we can grow to the point. And we ought to all grow to the point and listen for that small, still voice. That Holy Spirit uh, can help you with emotional uh, decisions. Uh, again, I, I, my dad was giving me another example of, of a situation like this the other day. Uh, again, you can tell I've been around my dad a lot here lately. Uh, he was trying to park this mobile home. He pulled over in this edge of this church parking lot and was looking at the driveway. And, uh, and so this guy comes up, he's walking up the driveway, he comes back and there's a guy sitting in a golf cart right beside the trailer. And he's like, oh no, I'm fixing to get it. And so, I mean, this guy was chewing him out. You're going you're gonna to damage the church parking lot. You're gonna, I hope you're going to fix those ruts in the grass and you're not going up that road. Rah, 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 rah. And, you know, again, my dad's like me. He's got a short fuse. He's got a temper. But he said, the Holy Spirit said, just be calm and say, well, you know, I know the man that owns this parking lot, and I know the man that owns that driveway, and I'm not in trouble with him. And the guy was like, you, you know them? Yeah. And uh, he says, you know, the Bible says God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. So God owns this parking lot, and God owns that driveway, and he's okay with me sitting here. The guy was like, well, I know the pastor's out of town, and, and the people that live up there are out of town too, so just do what you want. And he left. <laughs> so a soft answer will turn away wrath. And uh, again, if we'll get to the point where we can listen to that Holy Spirit, but a lot of times we're so frantically mad, emotionally mad, that the Holy Spirit is telling us what to do, and we can't hear him. And so we do need that godly spouse, the Holy Spirit of the home. You know, you need to calm down. I am calm. All right. Not really. That's not working. All right. So he will help you emotionally with those needs. And uh, obviously Paul was writing Timothy and telling him, hey, I need you to come and help me, uh, and that would help him. So we, we ought to thank God for godly spouses. We ought to thank God or praise God for spiritual leaders, uh, and we ought to praise God for godly friends. Uh, godly friends will tell you. Uh, not so much friends will sit and laugh at you. Uh, 
Okay. Uh, in other words, if you have something you know sticking off your nose, a friend will tell you you got something sticking off your nose. All right. And somebody else might laugh. Hey, check it out. <laughs> I got one blowing in the wind up there, a little cliffy hanging on. And uh, you know, or if you know, if it's snowing down south or X Y Z, you know, a friend will tell you that. Everybody else will. <laughs> I want. Is it cold? All right. Uh, yeah. They'll just make fun of you. But a true friend will help you with those emotional needs. You know, you get emotionally scarred when that happens. Oh, I never can show my face again. God can help you with that. Number two, uh, he, can, he can meet your physical needs. Uh, and, and this is supposed to be uh, in verse 13, which is not in verse 13 of chapter 4. Uh, oh, it is. I, I was in the right place. Sorry about that. Uh, verse 13 of chapter 4. It says here, the cloak that I left. Uh, and he needed some physical needs. Bring my, bring my coat. And, uh, and also, he said, bring my books and bring my parchments. He needed some things. And, uh, and God is good at supplying that. So Paul needed some comfort to the body. So sometimes our body needs. Uh, the Bible says that Jesus went apart to pray. Uh, you know, sometimes we do need that. Uh, you know, it's great sometimes to get a vacation. And just not have to be anywhere and not have to take care of anything. Let that mind calm down. Uh, our body needs that. So we ought to praise God for a, a good bed. Uh, when you get in it, oh. Uh, can you imagine sleeping under a bridge somewhere on concrete? Uh, you know, think about that. God's provided you a good bed. Uh, you know, I thought about mine last night when I got in it. Oh, my, this is good bed. Way better than those Super 8s and those Econo Lodges and all that stuff that I've been sleeping on lately. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I laid down on that bed. And, you know, I, I, I thank God for it. Uh, I, I prayed about uh, and, and, and asked the, the, the Harpers and the Pinedas to be blessed with the loss of Brother Bailey uh, because Brother Bailey is the one that gave me that mattress. Uh, and so... You know, I, I thank God for it. It's one of those kind that's supposed to be cool underneath and real. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's awesome. So we ought to praise God because uh, our body needs that. Paul was like, I, I got to have that coat. Some of you, you have a favorite. Not here in Florida much, but some people, you know, you can't wait till it gets cold because you got a favorite hoodie you like to wear. Uh, or you got a favorite smock that you like to throw on. But we don't get to wear those much down here. But he really needed his coat. And he wanted some fulfillment. And, and God, obviously, supplied that need through that friend. So he needed his body. Uh, we ought to uh, uh, praise God for that special chair. Uh, I don't know if you have that in your house, but I have my chair. Okay? And, you know, again, nobody sits in it. And if they do, they get a look. <clears throat> About time for you to move to somewhere else. we got plenty of seats in here. That's where I'm sitting. All right? Uh, but I like it. Sunday afternoon, kick it back, turn the Braves on, and I'm out. I can sleep to the Braves better than I can sleep to anything. Uh, but I, 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 thank, I thank God for my chair. Uh, that, that helps. We ought to praise God for, uh, again, I don't know if you have a binky or a special blanket. Uh, you know. I don't know. <laughs> you know, that's, that's my blanket. But, you know, again, I do. I have a Braves blanket. My Braves blanket. She says it's hers. Jason says it was his because it was on his bed when he was a teenager. No, it's mine. All right? I confiscated it when he moved to Spain. It's too bad, so sad. Your dad, you're done with it. And uh, every time she comes over, she tries to steal it. But it's mine. It's comfortable. It gives me that comfort. Uh, again, some of you, 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 you like, 
I don't do baths. I think they call them derp, derp soup or whatever. Uh, but, you know, some people like baths. Uh, I guess if you put enough goop in it or something like that, maybe it'll dissolve the dirt. But anyway, uh, you like that bath. Uh, but there's nothing like a good shower after you've been mowing grass or up underneath the mobile home and getting all nasty. Uh, there's nothing like a good shower. It's, it's, it's comfort. Paul needed comfort to his body. <laughs> and again, in the last couple of weeks, I, I, I praise God for a good couple of ibuprofens. <laughs> this left knee uh, is mad at me. All right, I don't think it's pushed a clutch so much in years, uh, but a couple of ibuprofen, I'm good. Let's go again. All right, so I praise God for that. So our bodies need needs, and uh, I think God can meet all those needs. All right, He uses instruments sometimes, but God can even uh, heal bodies. Uh, we, we've got church members that the doctor said that was it. Nothing that we can do. God said, I can do something. And they're still alive and they're still in our church. God can do that. Uh, he can take care of physical needs. Uh, number three, he's a material needs maker. Let's look at verse 13 again as well. The first one there was his cloak. He wanted that special uh, coat. Uh, but we see here he also asked for some books and some parchments. Uh, God can supply those things. Uh, you know, again, uh, when, when you have a, a, an ailment, our church prays for us. Uh, when we have surgeries, our church provides food for us. Uh, they like to meet needs, and God's doing that through them. That's how he does it. And so, obviously, Paul was asking Timothy to bring him his books, uh, bring him some parchments. Uh, so he needed some material needs met, and uh, uh, Paul needed uh, uh, this continuation of purpose. Uh, I've got to have those books because I like to study. So even though I'm in prison... I'm not going to sit here and suck my thumb. I'm not going to pout, uh, but I, I need my books uh, and bring them. And then he said, bring me some parchments because I got some red letters to write. Uh, I need these things. And so God is a material needs me uh, meter. If you need materials, God can supply. Uh, he'll, he'll provide the money. Uh, he'll provide the food. Uh, he'll provide clothing. Uh, he'll do that. Uh, and so we ought to praise God for a Bible to study. We ought to praise God for helpful books. Uh, I, I, I'm not an avid reader. Uh, I don't like to read a bunch of stuff. I do read my Bible all I can. And there are certain other books I like to read. Uh, I try to read the, 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 the book that Brother Roach gives me to teach the Bible to the kids. I read it all right, before I, I teach it. Uh, anything that I'm going to teach at the college, I read that material. Uh, but there's other books that I've read. Uh, I remember when I found out I was going to be a dad. Read that book, every verse that said how to be a dad. All right, every one of them. And, uh, uh, and then I read, I remember reading Dr. Howell's books on how to rear infants. All right, awesome. It was awesome. Better than anything you can find in them stupid pediatric doctor's offices. All right, don't pick up a magazine or a pamphlet on how to rear a kid. All right, read the Bible, and I could recommend Dr. Howell's book on how to rear infants. It's awesome. All right, it will help you uh, when they start doing that. They need that diaper popped. Right? That diaper's going to keep them from feeling it. But if they're showing an attitude and they feel something like, ooh, and I see all the new mom and dads going. <laughs> okay, now, not out of frustration. Oh, you woke me up again. All right, I haven't had a good night's sleep since you showed up. All right, I'm not saying that. <laughs> you just got to man up or woman up and handle that, amen? I can sleep like this. <laughs> Patting on the back. For four years, not four months. It was four years you had colic, not four months. Uh, but anyway, 
you, you don't spank out of frustration. You don't spank out of embarrassment, things like that. But you do it biblically. Uh, and again, read Dr. Howe's book. And then he's got one on how to rear kids, how to rear teenagers. Woo, that's, that's a different monster. Uh, but anyway, he has material needs that he can meet for you. And so we ought to take opportunity uh, to praise him for that. Uh, number four, let's look at verse 14. Number four, look at verse 14. Uh, he, he can meet moral needs. Verse 14. Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil, and the Lord reward him according to his works. So he helped Paul with some moral needs. Uh, Alexander did me wrong, and my flesh wants to go show him that I didn't appreciate it. All right, but I'm just going to let God take care of it. All right, so God can meet moral needs. Uh, that aggravating neighbor, you just got to be a good testimony. Be nice. All right. Uh, you know, if they got loud stuff, you don't get louder stuff. Uh, you, know, you know, you don't shoot their dog or their cat unless it's with a BB gun. <laughs> and that way, that way there's no evidence, okay? Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, you, you, you got you to help, let God help you with those, uh, those moral needs. Paul needed control from God. Alexander, the coppersmith, did me much evil. He didn't just say he, get, you know, he made me mad. He did me much evil. But I need God to help me with this. And the best way we can do it, let God do it. So uh, we ought to praise God for the Holy Spirit's guidance. Uh, we ought to praise God for examples of godliness in our lives. And we ought to praise God for his conviction. Because I'm sure if Paul's flesh was like our flesh, he had a plan in place that he could go get Alexander back. And I'll rectify this injustice myself. I don't get even, I get ahead. And I'm sure he had it in there. But then all of a sudden he had got conviction. That's not how a Christian reacts. That's not how a Christian behaves. Yes, sir. I'll let you take care of it. That's how God will meet your need. Because uh, if, if he'd have went over there and did something stupid to Alexander, then the conviction came. Then he'd have had to ask God to forgive him, ask Alexander to forgive him, take care of all the mess. But if he just give it to God at first, let him meet that need, he'd be all right. So we see here he can not only meet those type of needs, he can meet spiritual needs. Let's look at verse 16 and 17. And it says here, uh, At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray God that he might be able uh, not to lay to their charge, notwithstanding the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. So God can provide spiritual needs. Uh, even though anybody else turns their back, everybody else turns their back on you and forsakes you. God can still provide. So Paul needed some communion with God. Uh, so we ought to praise God for the promise that he never leaves us nor forsakes us. Here's an example of it. Paul said, I'm standing here by myself. Everybody else forsook me. Everybody else took off. Everybody else fled. But I knew God was still with me. God can meet spiritual needs. And we ought to praise God for his mercies that are new every morning. I don't know if you're like this, but I'm like this. I'll do something stupid. <laughs> just, I mean, just sinful, dumb. God will just kill me. God will just quit even using me. But the next morning, there he is. Come on. I forgive you. Take care of it. Let's go. Nothing greater. So my need gets met every morning because his mercies are new every morning. I need them every day. Because <laughs> my wife's probably got a list of those stupid things that I've done. She hadn't forgiven me. She's keeping total. 
But God will forgive me. Every day is new. You're still breathing? You're still alive? Come on. I love you. I'll meet that spiritual need. Let's go. Nothing greater. Uh, so we see here, we ought to praise God for he walks with me and he talks with me. You know, God, don't you remember last week I did that stupid thing? Nope. You asked me to forgive you. I forgave you and forgot it. Never to be brought up again. Man, he walks with me and he talks with me. His mercies are new every morning. He'll never leave me nor forsake me. He can meet your spiritual need. Number, number six, vocational needs. Verse 18, he can meet your vocational needs. Verse 18 says this, And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me into his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So he created you and called you for a specific task. He'll give you everything you need to do it. Now, I know I argued with him when he called me to preach. <laughs> God, I'm just a redneck from Georgia uh, that's just dumb as a, as a box of rocks. What in the world do you want to call me to preach for? I'll, I'm the one that called you. I'm the one to sustain you. And I'll help you do everything you need to do. He'll meet your vocational need. Whatever it is. I can't be a Sunday school teacher. If he called you to be a Sunday school teacher, he'll help you. Uh, he'll help you do it. So Paul needed some conquest by the Lord. He said here he, he created him. And nothing was withstanding. He strengthened him. And so we ought to praise God for greater is he that's in the, the, he is than he that's in the world. We ought to praise God for faithful is he that began a good work in you that will keep it and do it and finish it. So we see here, God will meet all these needs. So in conclusion, let's look. You don't have to look. I'll just read them to you. But in conclusion, we see here, God, the great need meter, will supply all our needs. Philippians 4.19. And some of these verses get misconstrued, I guess. But it says here, but God shall supply all your need according, here's the key, to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. A lot of people try to quote, quote that and say, make my bank account big. Uh, you know, make my toy collection big, uh, make my, you know, no, no, no. It says here, according to his riches and glory. So he'll give you what you need, but what he thinks you need, not what you think you need. Uh, next, uh, number two, Psalm 23, 1. He will supply our wants. So not only will he supply our needs, but he'll supply our wants. Psalm 23, 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, two ways to look at that. The Lord's my shepherd, I, I shouldn't want anything. Hmm. I don't know. But the Lord's my shepherd, I'm not going to be going, I'm not going wanting for anything because he's going to supply it all. All right? Uh, so he's going to take care of it. So not only will he supply our needs, he'll supply our wants. Then he'll, the Bible even says he'll supply our desires. Psalm 37, 4. Delight thyself in the Lord, uh, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. So not only can he supply our needs and our wants, even our desires. And the last thing, Romans 8.32. In other words, God can supply all things. It says here, he spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So as cool as it is to be a grandparent and give your grandkids everything they want, I was cutting me a piece of cheese today to go with the Slim Jim because you got to have cheese in the Slim Jim. 
And Lily saw it. Uh, now a piece of cheese? <laughs> and her parents, no, you don't have cheese. <laughs> she got a piece of cheese. All right. God's way better than grandparents. Grandparents are awesome. Because I am one. All right. Uh, it's awesome. But God's way better than grandparents. Every head bowed, every right <laughs>